Gold Club is back. We're just going to have this play in the background for a little bit. This is Sunset Highway, Old Weiler, ladies and gentlemen, fourth and one podcast. As always, live from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It's me, Captain Fatty, sitting next to his always live from Lidditz, Pennsylvania. It's Captain Boring, a.k.a. Makai Schlicker, fourth and one podcast. Instagram, anchor.fm, slash fourth and one. How's it going? Oh, it's going. It is going. It is a Wednesday. Lots of lots of news happening. Uh, yeah, just came off the fourth, the elongated weekend off the fourth. Chilling, and I'm just uh, ready to go, my dude. Anybody who gets that reference understands why we brought up the fourth and did it. Let's just dive right into it. Uh, breaking news today. Um, Baker Mayfield traded <laughs> to the Carolina Panthers for a 2024 pick. Uh, and they will also pay, <laughs> the Browns will also pay a conditional, mind you, 2024 pick. And the Browns will also pay $10.5 million of his salary. Uh, <laughs> you know, the Browns were looking really good. They were looking like... They had they it had, figured out. They had it figured out. And then they signed Dewan, Deshaun Watson to a fully guaranteed contract because it's the only way he was going to ever play football again. Then, of course, more allegations come out for Mr. Watson and we're like okay well good thing they kept on the Baker no one wanted to draft to sign him and then the one place where we said he could go was Carolina and we were hearing rumblings and we weren't hearing anything and then all of a sudden today the Browns go and pay Carolina to take a franchise quarterback if there are tiers of the quarterback right someone who will get you there trash and franchise quarterbacks, right? And then superstars, so four tiers. This is a franchise quarterback from both years, in my opinion. And they go and they pay the Carolina Panthers to take it. Yeah, it really doesn't make sense. This kind of seems like an old Browns front office move. You know, um, the move that really doesn't make sense, the drafting Johnny Manziel in the first round, the 26 QBs in 20 years or whatever it was, it really doesn't make sense. You take a guy in Baker Mayfield first overall. Listen, I would have taken him first overall. A lot of people would have taken him first overall after the year he had at Oklahoma. He took a team that won one game in two years. They won seven games that first year. They went seven, eight, and one, I do believe, or six, eight, and one. No, seven, eight, and one that first year. Narrowly missing the playoffs, took their playoff hunt into December. Then in his second year, they fell apart because the head coach that they hired was a high school coach. But uh, they at least they were hyped and they played well in big games. Then in his third year, he got a real coach, made the playoffs, won the playoff game and had his second best season behind his rookie year. And then last year with a messed up meniscus and a torn labrum, albeit in his left shoulder, still a torn labrum in his left shoulder that I guarantee you most people could not 
sit in a business office with. Underachieved. Baker Mayfield underperformed. And now he's not the franchise guy. So he is taking, as Simeon just left, he took the Browns franchise that had won one game in two years, including a winless year the year before, to the playoffs. And now they dump him for a sexual predator and someone who, quite frankly, has the same amount of playoff wins he does. His record is only slightly better, still hovering around 500. And, oh yeah, they're paying oodles and oodles of money to, including $230 million guaranteed when you could have had Baker, basically the same person, Baker, without the sexual assault charges for a whole heck of a lot less. Yeah, I don't really need to add anything. The likelihood of Deshaun Watson plays is a flip of the coin at this point. Uh, I don't. I, I think a lot of people believe he is done for the year, at least. Right, which is, I mean, that's hit or miss. I think it's possible the suspensions haven't been handed down yet, which is kind of annoying. So we don't know. We won't know until we know, you know? So my thought... Fudge is that one for anyway. So my thought process is that it's very possible they're just going to be the Browns again because they ha finally had some good talent. They finally were at where they needed to be, and they're just going to say yes to their daddy in the Cincinnati Bengals. I think until unless the Ravens, you know, miraculously come back and do everything. So I think this was a stupid move for the Browns. I think this was a great pickup for Carolina. I do. Um, I. I, I agree. Uh, listen, Baker Mayfield, the Panthers now in the 2018 draft have the first two quarterbacks taken on the board and two of the first three overall picks in Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Plus, then they took in the fifth round, Matt Corral. So Baker Mayfield is right at home. Baker Mayfield is now the underdog. Baker Mayfield now has a giant chip on his shoulder. And Baker Mayfield's going to do what he did at Texas Tech, at Oklahoma, at Cleveland. He's going to go out. He's going to prove doubters wrong. He's going to win that job in Carolina. He's going to take Carolina to the playoffs because the NFC South is trash. Uh, you were literally just about to say that. He has much easier competition in the NFC South. All he has to deal is Tom Brady. That's all he has to deal with. Yeah. And it would not surprise me if Baker Mayfield has a career year and the Panthers go, well, we just lucked into... A great quarterback. Especially if Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy this year. Yeah, absolutely. Which is about the same odds of Deshaun Watson playing this year. Um, <laughs> yes, actually. Okay. Yeah, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Transitioning over. Of course, I don't have the uh, the soundbite ready for you. I have, I'm trying. Are they even working today? I'm trying. They are oh. working today. Unlike a, already, Riverside is going to refund me for this year. Or I'm canceled. That's that's how it is. Guys, come on. Like, your program should not be this buggy. You should not have it, a... It is weird that it's every single week. Now, to be fair, my motherboard is absolute shit. So it doesn't surprise me that it's me and not you. Uh, I have to do some thinking on how I want to accomplish this, this goal from a budgetary perspective. Now, luckily... 
my generation, I could find some pretty good used parts for pretty cheap and what I want to do. So, yeah. But that's beside the point. But still, it's working perfectly fine. You're recording perfectly fine right now. Right. I had to refresh in your your little take there. No, I, I saw that you went, but even before that, it was perfectly I mean, fine. Yeah. So I don't... I, I'm, I, it's a Riverside thing. I don't know. It doesn't matter. That's that's This has been Tech Talk with Makai and Simi. <laughs> um, okay, jumping on to our little mini-sode that we had last week. Uh, that's when we, we spent about 30 minutes breaking down the Pac-12 as well as Kevin Durant wanting a trade. But it was it was a 90-10. 10% Kevin Durant wanting a trade, 90% breaking down the breaking news. It was last Thursday after we had recorded the podcast. So we did a little mini-sode that we released there on Friday morning and then the podcast on Saturday, Friday afternoon. Um, so go back and listen to that. So big news now in, in the disruption that has been a couple different things. Um, for sure, Notre Dame uh, is the next puzzle piece to move. Update on that. I was just looking for one. You found something I only got eight hours ago. No, my dude, Robert found something. My of dude. Of course Robert found Yeah. Robert, oh. who is your hookup? How do you know these people? You're doing a better job than I am. So if you want to take over for me, feel free. I'll send you the gear. Anyway, Makaya, what's up? Uh, first and foremost, Kevin Durant has not been traded yet. Just clear up that. that. Moving on. Clear up that 10%. Second of all, eh, Notre Dame value staying independent right now. Per Robert? Per Robert's per, sources? Per Robert's sources. Okay. Which are the dark holes of the internet. Okay. Uh, no, they value being independent right now. They do the the piece of the pie that they are going to miss out on, which is the key. So all these super conferences are going to generate a shit ton of money, right? Yep, just like the Premier League. Yep. Right. So the amount of money that the that Notre Dame is going to miss out on by staying independent does not scare them yet. As you are chunking, my dude. As I just fizzle out. Can you still hear me? I, I can still hear you, yeah. I, my computer is literally dying on me right now. Okay, oh. this is fun. So Okay. At least we figured it out. Um, Simeon will just be a voice, which most people just listen to us via voice anyway. Um, um, shout out again, anchor.fm slash fourth and one podcast to support and to... Uh, and to follow us anywhere, of course, YouTube as well. Thanks to all the YouTube listeners. We have a good we have a good fan base there. So Notre Dame is going to be until 2024 when all the TV deals are up, and all and the money shifts from the NFL and baseball to college football. Yeah, is what I'm hearing you say. Okay, uh, well for right now, yeah. So in in that news, um, the Pac-12, two things happening with the Pac-12. A Basically, Oregon and Washington. We said this a little bit last time, but it is definitely confirmed. The Big Ten, the Big Ten, is waiting to hear back from Notre Dame. And if Notre Dame does not fall into the piece into line, then they're going to go pick up Oregon and Washington. And oh my gosh, that would be awesome for the Big Ten. It, it, again, it would add Oregon really more powerhouse over Washington. Washington's yep. more of a historic powerhouse. I, would I honestly think we, prefer Utah and Oregon, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, same. Right now, the I think what people should start betting on is which conference is going to dissolve first. 
whether it be the Pac-12 or the Big 12? And I think that the answer is some of both. Are you still there, my dude? I am. Okay, excellent. I think the answer is some of both because I think that what's going to end up happening is they're going to combine into one conference. I was going to get there, but continue. So what I think that the Big Ten is going to do is either way, Washington and Oregon are going to end up in the Big Ten, regardless of when that happens. Whether that announcement comes this year or next year, it doesn't matter. What then I think is going to happen is the Big 12 has already been poached of the of their two biggest schools, Oklahoma and Texas, leaving for the SEC in 2025. I think you're going to run into... Now what? Because they added Houston and Cincy and UCF. But again, if no team sniffs close to the college football playoff, other than Texas or Oklahoma this year, you're running into a big problem. So the way to do that, go out and get a some powers of your own. Now, they're, they're talking about teams like Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. Really, the only winner of that would be Utah. You can make a case for Arizona State on and off, but I think Arizona State is a dumpster fire waiting to happen. Go listen to the uh, the Pac-12 preview Wait, that we you did. You think Arizona State's a dumpster fire waiting to happen? Yes, I do. Not Arizona. No, I think Arizona will actually win four games this year and be better, but I think Arizona State might also win like four games this year, which would be just terrible. Right, and you think Herman Edwards would be fired then? Right, exactly. And I gave all the reasons back in our Pac-12 preview, so go listen to that episode, everybody. But, so, yeah, I, I, I just think that you're basically going to have the Big 12 and the Pac-12, either one, either the Big 12 is going to eat the Pac-12 and just poach it to where it's like, conference usa and there's only going to be like four teams left and then those teams will go independent or something or they'll uh, come to a, uh, to an agreement and combine into into a big i wouldn't call them a super conference but a, a bigger conference this is this is what i see happening and i don't know contract and i don't know admin and i don't know that whole thing but what you're gonna see happen is if robert's right which so far he has been so yep. when Eventually, Notre Dame tells the Big Ten to go shove it because they're idiots. Then the Big Ten goes, all right, Washington, Oregon, come on in. And then the Pac-12 goes, the Pac-12 goes, oh, crap. And the Big Ten and the Big 12 goes, <laughs> you guys want some money? Because you're adding one of the largest schools in the, in the nation in UCF. And then you're going to go add Arizona, Utah, Stanford, Washington State. I'm uh, Cal. I'm missing a few other ones. But some other mid-tier programs who aren't horrible. They're not great, but they're not horrible. They'll add value. Yeah. They'll add value to you. And now all of a sudden, everybody looks at the ACC and goes, what are you doing? Because if I'm a... If I'm somebody, the Big 12 is more interesting to watch than with the Pac-12 being incorporated than the ACC does. And most importantly, I think that's going to happen. I think we might see those dominoes fall this year. If not by end of year this year, 
granted we're over halfway through if not by end of year this year then beginning a year next year granted we have other give me a second we have other sports we have to consider in here but still if we don't go all football conferences expect it i to me it's almost a it's almost a it's a done deal almost i i agree and if i may read th- this comes from robert this is via the saturday tradition.com again our insider is robert bainbridge everyone uh so if you want your information before espn has it before fox sports has it before literally any major news network has it go follow uh robert bainbridge because he's just outstanding okay uh here's the article he sent me this option seems more likely should notre dame attempt to maintain its independence which seems likely as we covered leaving the acc vulnerable to sec intrusion even though the financial penalty would be severe in addition to an exit fee that could approach a hundred million dollars per team again this is talking back to going back to simian's comment about acc what are you doing Per team, the ACC owns media rights of the 14 football programs through 2035, no matter what conference they are in. So, the likes of, as teams right now are being rumored, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, and Virginia Tech, or Louisville, as they are appealing options for the SEC, the SEC would get zero media rights and zero tv money if those teams join the conference the acc brilliantly as of right now has constructed their contract and media rights to make it so that they still get paid whether the teams are or are not within the conference which i think is brilliant my dude you still there i am i'm just I'm just thinking. Sorry. Uh, no, that that's okay. I just can't see your facial expression, so I don't know if I've lost you or if you're still there. By the way, he's bbrainbridge40 on Instagram. We might as well shout him out. Um, Absolutely. He He's go, he's phenomenal. Like, go and find him. He's private, though, so it really doesn't matter. And, my d- dude, is this fake guy fake? I know you've had him on. He has four followers. He does. He does. He, he, yeah. I, he has no social media presence, but he knows everything about ah, everything. So, yeah. okay. And he lives in his mom's basement too? Probably. He does not. He lived by himself. He's a grown-up. Let's okay. not hate on Robert why he's not even here to defend himself. I, listen, Robert, I didn't listen to your podcast. I hear it was great. I'm just a little worried for you, man. Okay, that's all. He has a dog. Her, oh. name, her name is Maisie. Man, he's really going to hate me if I got that wrong. And, um, yeah, yeah, you know, well, okay. Let's jump into the reason we're all here. So we'll, we'll follow this. We'll track this down. We have, oh, T minus just about a one, two, three, four, five, six weeks until college football starts. What? No, seven, seven weeks until football starts. Four, five, six. Yeah. Se- seven weeks. So that's 28 days plus three days. We have 31 days until week zero. So 38 month, days until college football. One month until college football, basically. Ba-bam! So Look at the started. screen. We'll be obviously tracking this. Come see us. 
Stay tuned, as always, for all your college football needs. Anchor.fm. I don't think we'll hear anything. If we don't hear anything within a two-week time frame, I don't think we hear next year. Bingo. You got it. Just like I said, man, are you listening to me? I'm not. No, I can't see you. Out of sight, out of mind. This is a weird podcast. All right, so we got the Big Ten left to break down. They're our last conference because they're our home conference here. They're the best conference. Well, they're going to be the best conference. Um, what is the, what is your, bro, what is the end of your notes here? Right under Northwestern. What does that say? Fan Nation James Park? Yeah, that's where I got all my information. Ah, so shout out to James Park for Micaiah just straight up copying your homework. So as of before, we're going to ignore the teams that I don't care about. They're just going to give me... We're making sure Duke isn't bleeding all over the place right now. It's okay. Yeah, keep talking. Okay. We're going to ignore the first... The fir- the worst four teams, basically. And we'll kind of ignore the other teams. It's really how big you are is how much I care. And this is just for the sake of time. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we respect your time here at the 4th and 1 Podcast. We appreciate you. We love what you're doing. I'm Alpha. <laughs> Sorry, that cracked me up. So we really don't, we really know you don't care about the Rutgers of the world and the Indianas and the Northwesterns, unless you're a journalism major. Well, it's kind of funny because two out of those three teams you, you mentioned might actually be decent. Like Rutgers, if Rutgers is even mediocre this year, which they were last year, it's like, oh my gosh, Rutgers is actually mediocre. But we'll be able to make fun of people. Okay. What was the team that... The UConn team that's going to be battling with UConn to be the worst team in the... Oh, Vanderbilt. Um, <laughs> probably. UMass as well. UMass. Um, Northwestern will be good next year. And that's all I care about. Good for good for Pat Fitzgerald's what he's doing there. They're going to be good l- next year. Pat Fitzgerald, and I do not mean this derogatory because this, this Northwestern... It has been so trash for whatever, but Pat Fitzgerald, the head coach, is literally average. He has a 55% winning percentage, and he's 500 in bowls. He's literally just average. And that's really good for a school like Northwestern. Yes. No, that's what I'm like. That's not even being derogative at all. He has done a tremendous job. The minute he leaves that program, that program just goes right in the shitter. I like how you put Indiana, the best COVID team. Didn't they play like their fourth string quarterback at one point last year? Yeah. Yeah, but they were the best COVID. I mean, they were like awesome. It was like, oh my gosh, Indiana could actually win the Big Ten. And then they they fell on their face in the last little bit. Um, Lost their QB, which I mean, they have a bunch of backup with game experience. So uh, you said seems like the last hoorah for their defensive-minded head coach. I think that says enough. Yeah. Uh, uh, unfortunately, have, it's his, pretty cool uniforms in my it, opinion. Yeah, it's his alma mater there. Um, and so, I mean, he gets some leeway, but they're no... Assuming they have another 5-7, and 6-6 and six and six year next year, they're no better off than where they were. So it... It, it, it like it, if Michigan goes out and just absolutely just thrashes them again and they get thrashed by Ohio State, they're no better off. So time to find something else, I guess. 
Rutgers bringing their coach back. And like how you said, we're we didn't do any. We're not gonna do any of these teams. We're just now touching we're... on them quick. We're not spending good time on them. I don't Rutgers know what is I. One of those teams who's probably gonna be out of the basement this year. I don't know what I meant by the worst Rutgers. Well, I mean, mind you, this is the first season with his recruits. I forget what the guy's name is. Who's the head coach? He came back after failing at Arkansas. Yeah, Robert really, would know. Yeah, really built up the team. And if I cared that much about middle of nowhere New Jersey, I would look it up. But I don't. It's not even. Is it Eth Rustaford? Yeah. Rustaford? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I always get that there and uh, the Meadowlands mixed up. It, so. It's it's. They want to be physical. His his brand of football. Oh my goodness! I, I I can't even. I don't even know his name. All right, I'll look him up. Rutgers um, football head coach is Greg Chiano. Chiano. His brand of football is physical, but the problem is they don't have a talent. So they gave Michigan a good run for their money at the big house. However, I never felt like Rutgers was in control. I just of that game, I just felt like Michigan just kept shooting themselves in the foot. They should have lost the game, probably in all honesty, but it 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 works out. Um, it, it's going to be one of those seasons where you're going to have to get a few right bounces if you're Rutgers. Yeah, their quarterback is coming back, but they only averaged 19 points a game last year. So, I mean, what do you want? They have one right? big East Conference title, so that just kind of says right. it to me. Right, and I'm sure that their schedule being in the East, having to play Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Michigan, that's four, and whoever else is in the East, Maryland, mm -hmm. then Maryland's your toss-up. Yeah, good. I mean, good luck with that, right? Exactly. So I don't care. Uh, moving on, Illinois, we're not going to talk about them. Come back I, when, you're actually, when I actually care. So, sleeper. Sleeper. Really? Illinois? Second half of the year. Remember, they went to Penn State. They played really well at Penn State. It was the first game. Yeah, Their coach called the them out. Line. I remember watching that game. Y yes, I understand that. But still, they, they, they but that that is the head coach's identity. He's the old, old Wisconsin head coach before uh, Christ. He wants to line up and just smash mouth pound you all day and if he can incorporate that it can just be like wisconsin and southern wisconsin so all i'm saying is i i think they're a six or seven win football team that's all i'm saying i'm not saying they're going to be great but i'm saying they're going to be formidable okay let's talk about purdue for don't <laughs> is that is that basically where they're at this year they're they're only good if they play a top five football team and their quarterback is back. I they're gonna be awesome if they when they play the top teams they're gonna be they're gonna and then everyone's gonna be like yeah Purdue Purdue do it and then they're gonna play like trash and just puke on their shoes when they play terrible teams. So much like you, call me when you actually find some consistency. How about that? That sounds fine to me. So now we get to the teams that I actually care about. We have... We just skipped Maryland. Did you like my tagline? Now we get to the teams that I actually care about. <laughs> did, did, did you like my tagline, though, for Maryland? What? A better Rutgers. I mean... Oh! That makes sense why Rutgers' tagline tag was the worst Rutgers, and Maryland is the better... Now I get and it. And he gets it. I'm making... I, I'm leaving little notes oh for goodness. myself. <laughs> 
<laughs> Wait for it. Wait for it. You get our longest soundbite because that's how long it took you to process that. <laughs> and listen, I thought that we were going to be doing it one way, right? So I'm making the notes in my head for one for us to do it one way, and then when right. we do it another way, it doesn't make sense. When I throw the curveball at you. Okay, so Maryland, I liked Maryland last year as a middle-of-the-road slash kind of further north team that could play could, could go for third honestly which i know you're simian you're you're talking about a third place team but you watch them play michigan and while michigan handled them they maryland at least looked like a competent football team and with competency comes good recruiting and that's what they got yeah but it's my mike's loxley's third fourth year there now that also so is the same thing he's running out of time a hundred percent. You think that's, but that's what I think he's set to have another a, a good year this year. That's going to buy him two or three more years. He's got to figure out something defensively because his defense gave up thirty three points a game. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, unfortunately, Rutgers and Maryland they fall into the same thing. They have to compete with Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan and Ohio State. And even if one of those teams are down or not having the season of expectation, not living up to expectations that those that have been set before them, i.e. Michigan, mm -hmm. Michigan's talent on their roster is still better than Maryland and Rutgers. So it's going to be harder to climb the ladder, which... If I'm Maryland and Rutgers, I'm rooting for expansion and I'm rooting for the top two winning percentages. So you stop facing, so you stop having to play Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, and Ohio State every year and get blown out by 30 every single time. That, that's all you have for really for Maryland? Should I need more? Uh, move to Nebraska. Nebraska, uh, they have I, this year or Scott. I mean, I know Scott Frost took a pay cut, but they have this year to do something or I've lost it. No, I, it's going to go one of two ways here in Nebraska. And correct me if I'm wrong, Simeon. They're either going to pop off or they're going to absolutely just hit, hit, the, hit the toilet. Like there's no in between. I do not foresee a six and six, five and seven, a seven and five sort of year. They're either going to be nine and three, ten and two, or they're going to be three and nine, four and eight. They're either going to challenge everybody in the West for yeah. the Western Conference title, or they're just going to hit the toilet. Here's the deal it, with Nebraska: University of Nebraska Lincoln lost their quarterback, which I think is their best move that they're going to make. Yes, I think Scott Frost has a being a quarterback has a propensity to keep his quarterbacks in for as long as he can and stick with them so that they can develop. And I don't think Adrian Martinez is going to get was going to get you there. I like the idea originally, but he just did not seem like he was what he needed to be for a Scott Frost team. He he's a turnover. Adrian Martinez was a turnover machine. But some people might be asking, well, why is Scott Frost uh, still around at Nebraska? Well, it's a two-fold answer. First fold, they lost every game. They started 3-0. and 
then they finished zero and nine, right? Or they started two and one and lost it. But every single loss was by double digits. That included to Oklahoma, Michigan. You mean single digits? Single digits. I'm sorry. Yes, single digits. Um, and then two, the second fold is when Bo Pelini was at Nebraska, it was nine wins, nine wins, 10 wins, nine wins, nine wins, but no championships associated with it. So the people in Lincoln, the boosters in Lincoln got tired of that, not competing with getting nine wins, 10 wins. And Colin Cowherd called out the boosters and said, you better be careful because nine wins for Nebraska, a school in literally the center of the United States, literally in the middle of nowhere, literally when on football Saturdays, the football stadium becomes the third biggest city in the state. Okay. You better be careful. Because you should be shooting for nine wins, and then every once in a while, you have an 11 or 12 win season, and you make something happen. Well, they got rid of Bo Pelini because of the nine wins things year after year, and it's been all downhill from there. And so Scott, and so I think the boosters are like, if we get rid of Scott Frost, does this just thing get worse? Right. Right? So... They brought in a new offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple. Now, he was at Pittsburgh last year and mentored uh, Kenny Pickett, Mm -hmm. Steelers' first-round draft pick, who just sent a bunch of ACC records. Uh, And they got Casey Thompson in from Texas. I like Casey Thompson. Casey Thompson was a very, very capable quarterback. This is not going to fall. This is going to fall on two things. Casey Thompson not turning the ball over and the running game. That's it. And those are two things that Scott Frost can coach. And saying that, they have three big competitors that are in the Western Conference with them. One of them being Minnesota. And you have Minnesota's tagline being, row the damn boat. To me, it's, are you going to start? Because we had this, uh, you'll have to forgive me, I have to look his name up. Minnesota. P.J. Fleck? P.J. Fleck, thank you. P.J. Fleck, big name at Western Michigan, built the built the brand of Western Michigan, Western Michigan in the MAC conference, built the team up, comes to Minnesota right on his face. In theory, same exact freaking thing. Well, he did have that 11-2 season where the best season, so, so what have, he had a mediocre season. Second season, the, the Gophers popped off, capped by that, game in the snow against Penn State that they won, but then they did fall on their face late in the year to uh, Wisconsin, so they never even made the Big Ten title game. Okay, fine, I'll give you that. But then COVID happened. Minnesota comes in, and this is why Robert will never trust Minnesota again, he told me. Minnesota comes in, 18th ranked team. They get the Big Ten gets the late start in COVID. Michigan just flat out stomps them. Yep. Right, absolutely stomps them. And so you're thinking Minnesota's a good team, Michigan's an even better team, or at worst, Minnesota sucks, but Michigan's great. Michigan goes and falls flat on its face yep. along with Minnesota, and so he never, Robert will never trust Minnesota again. So, but I'm with you. When are they going to start rowing the boat consistently? However, last at year, I, I, I don't think it's, they were the Baltimore Ravens of the of college football. They were down to their fourth and fifth string running back at one point. Mm-hmm. They get uh, Mohamed Ibrahim back at running back. That should help. 
They're a running foot uh, first team. They were down to the last string, fifth string running back, I'm sorry. And they get their quarterback back. So, but you're right. I mean, if you ask me today who's going to have the better season between Nebraska and Minnesota, probably off the top of my head, I'm just going to say Nebraska. And I think that's fair. And I also think that's where we're going to leave Minnesota. Pretty good uniforms, though. You know, I'm looking I'm looking down this list. They tight. And Big Ten has some pretty good uniforms. Yeah. I yeah. mean, if Purdue could get their sh- together, I do like their shiny gold. I will give Purdue that. I like their all-black uniforms. They're, they're figuring they're... it out. Purdue's figuring it out. Yeah. Um, honestly, Under Armour and Maryland could really get together and try a little bit harder, in my opinion. Well, leave the helmets alone, though. The helmets are just absolutely baller. They do have really dope helmets. Yeah. You are correct about that. Okay. Uh, we're going to stay in the Western Conference. Jump over to the biggest fakers in the Big Ten last year. Oh, boy. The Iowa Hawkeyes. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say Wisconsin. I was about to punch you right in the mouth. I said the biggest fakers. Uh, I understand, yeah. but that could you have go gone even. 11 and 2, except you, did, you looked about 5 and 7 all year. I just broke down the Iowa Hawkeyes for you. Yeah. By the way, did you see um, at Manning Passing Academy the few the few? Have you seen those highlights that have been coming out? I've not. Sean Petrus tosses Petrus. a dart. Petrus, whatever. I don't care. Tosses a dart, <coughs> eighty mm-hmm. yards. Hmm? So I don't know what Patrick Mahomes did. Patrick Mahomes did to quarterbacks what Steph Curry did to point guards. Steph Curry take, took a point guard and took them from a finishing finesse facilitator and made them off-the-ball specialists that could don't need to facilitate to make the defenses shift for you and specifically also became really good at shooting threes, which made everybody want to start shooting threes because shoot, threes are more than twos. And what Patrick Mahomes did is is took the quarterback position from the field generals, the Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's, the Drew Breeses, these guys who were going to go 70 yards down the field in in seven plays, you know, in, in 12 plays. These three yards in the cloud of dust sort of offenses and said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw it with my wrong hand. I'm going to do a no-look pass. I'm going to chuck it 80 yards down the field because I have the fastest wide receiver in the league. And all of a sudden, I saw, uh, I think it's Adrian Robertson, the quarterback from Florida, throw 70 yards at Manning Passing Academy. I saw Um, Sean Petrus throw. Anthony Richardson. Anthony, thank you. Sorry. Throw 70 yards. These are dimes to... These are dimes to wide receivers. Granted, they have to not be covered super tight, but they still, the way they were thrown, you see the catch, and it's just like, so all of a sudden they have these giant arms. Now, that being said, Iowa, can you do anything on offense? Yeah, I mean, the tagline for Iowa. Well, no, that's fine, because it actually plays, I mean, if you read my... The tagline is, you know what exactly what you're going to get. We'll get back to this. My second one is, got to find a big play wide receiver. Okay, so they have the quarterback who can just 
absolutely the, the big arm bazooka arm quarterback. That's great. He only completed at 57% last year. And on throwing downs, you knew that he couldn't do anything because you knew exactly what you were going to get. They, the only reason, and the college football playoff committee or the AP, whoever, when they were ranking Iowa, they had difficulty with Iowa. I know that they did because what Iowa would do is when they got turnovers, they won the game. When they didn't get turnovers, they lost the game. And in their biggest game, middle of the season, October, first week of October, I think, it was Penn State at Iowa. It was Sean Clifford, zip, zip, right down the field. Two drives, two touchdowns. Boom, boom, bam. And then Sean Clifford, excuse me, leaves with an ankle injury. And then the defense that is a really good defense takes over, calms down, gets things, and then they get a freshman quarterback, and the uh, Penn State, James Franklin, doesn't adjust at all to the freshman quarterback. Nothing, they do nothing in the rest of the game, and Iowa comes back and wins that game. But because it was a top 10 matchup at the time, you have to rank Iowa, but everyone in the country, everyone in the country, every college football fan, knew that Iowa was not a top 10 football team, wasn't even a top five football team. But you just had to keep, you had to keep waiting. So my thing is with Iowa, if you're going to be a consistent football team, that's fine. And if you're going to run three yards cloud of dust, and if you're going to play the field position game, and you're going to punt well, and you're going to do all the small things well because you don't get the big recruits, that's fine. But you have got to go find some speedy lacrosse player or something to give your offense dynamic to where they can just, in a blink, go 65 yards for a touchdown. Because if every team knows that they're not getting behind you, they're going to play press man coverage with a two-deep safety and absolutely let the front seven just tee off on you. And then Petrus has zero time to throw the ball, as Simeon and you were talking about, 80-some yards. So figure it out, Iowa. Like, you can't do this. I understand Kurt Frank pharynx whatever his name is has the is the longest tenured guy i understand that and i 100 am down for that but the problem is now i everyone knows what they're getting in iowa and now it's more of a mental game for the visiting team because it's just like just don't mess up but it's also oh my gosh you can't mess up And that's all that it is. I mean, Michigan in the Big Ten Championship game had zero problem. It was only close because Cade McNamara threw an interception in the first half. And that was the reason the game was close in the first half. Second half, it was clean football and they pulled away. Yeah, I don't think I need... I think, to me, I look at this and it's either going to be another Wisconsin-Minnesota sort of year or it's going to be an Iowa-Nebraska sort of year. Yeah, sure. And... That's just kind of where I'm at from an Iowa. You you have these grain-fed offense alignment. You need to do something with them. Mm-hmm. Right? Copy Michigan. You want to do something at Iowa? Copy Michigan. If you yeah, but, copy- but Michigan has the explosive, can still get That's the explosive wide receiver. That's what I'm saying. This isn't, this isn't 1993, you know, football 
which is three yards in the cloud of dust. This is the running back is a slot receiver sort of football. This is Heck, the type of football we're playing. Go copy Wisconsin. I mean, well, Wisconsin is, is Wisconsin is what you got to do. Wisconsin had the number one rated defense last year that they're going to have to replace. They were number one in yards per game. They, they had a 17-year-old, 250-pound running back. His name was Braylon Allen. He was a freshman, 17 years old. He was just outstanding second half of the season for Wisconsin. He is back. Listen, this is going to be a classic offensive. They're going to turn around, and they're going to give the Jonathan Taylors, the Melvin Gordons, the James White, the insert NFL running back. In the backfield, and he's going to fall forward for three, four yards, and then they're going to hit you with a play action over the top. Oh, and Jim Leonard, the ex-Wisconsin linebacker, is going to have a top 10 defense, and that's how they're going to live. But guess what? They're going to have explosive plays in both the running game and the passing game that will get you, and I don't know their schedule off the top of my head, but they... Their quarterback, Graham Mertz, got to figure it out, was not very consistent last year, but did towards the end of the season last year. Wisconsin, like they are every year, is a sleeper to win the Big Ten. All right, here you go. Illinois State win, Washington State win, New Mexico State win. Okay, so starting off 3-0. and zero. Yep. 3-0. and oh. Then they get Ohio State. Loss. Illinois. Win. Northwestern. Win. Minnesota. Win. Purdue. Win. Maryland. Win. Iowa. Win. Nebraska. Win. Minnesota. Minnesota again? No, they didn't do they didn't play Minnesota. Oh, either way, it's a win. So you're saying their only loss is going to be to Ohio State? I'm saying that Wisconsin standard, and they'll probably like lose to Nebraska or lose some game that they shouldn't. Okay, so I'll give them two losses on the year. Still, this team with that running back, how it finished the season, how it started the season, and how it finished with two different teams. They lost to Minnesota late. That w- They actually would have faced Michigan again in the Big Ten title game last year if they would have beat Minnesota. Uh, thankfully, they didn't for Michigan's sake. But be yourself. Run the football with your big 250-pound running back who, who can – he's Derrick Henry again. Just go be yourself and have your big explosive plays. And as long as they get half-decent quarterback play, they're in play for the Big Ten title. That, and they're the type of team who can who can play Ohio State and possibly win. I don't yeah. think so because Ohio yeah. State's stacked this year, De- but they are the type of team. Listen, defensively, they're always going to be top 10, like I said. And now it, instead of Iowa, it almost with Iowa, it feels intentional, like they're trying to control the game. Like with Iowa, it's like, no, we are going to make you play our brand of football. With Wisconsin, it's more of like, we're going to play this way. And it's just going to work out for us. And and because of that, you're going to have to play our brand of football. Iowa, it's like, no, you're going to. And Wisconsin, it's just like, we're going to do this. And whether how you decide to play is up to you. And if you don't adapt to the, to the flow of this game, we're going to beat you. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do know what you're saying. Jumping, uh, jumping over a few states, we're going we're gonna to go to the state. 
well, actually not the state. We'll get back to that in a second. The biggest surprise, I think, of 2021, Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State, we'll see how good Mel Tucker is at recruiting. I really believe that. We have not seen him in his one year at Colorado, brought in a bunch of transfers in his first year and his first two years at Michigan State, it was a bunch of transfers. They have still yet to land a top 100 player under Mel Tucker in two seasons, now three seasons of recruiting. So that's a little worrisome. Michigan, by by the way, has not been so hot themselves on the recruiting trail of late, but that's we'll let that be. Their, their running back is gone. Uh, their quarterback and and wide receiver Peyton Thorne um, and Reed are both back. They were teammates in high school. They should bring some explosively to the pass uh, game, but they got to fix the back seven that allowed 337 yards per game. Michigan State, I thought, was a little kind of fooled everyone. They got the big win over Michigan, which really it was more of a J.J. McCarthy fumble than a Michigan. You say that for the rest of your life. Then, the then McCarthy football. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Because they should have won that game. The game was in control. Michigan players feel that way. Michigan State players feel that way. So I get it. But I uh, we'll have to see. The the P uh, Mel Tucker. He he prides himself on defense, and his defense has been trash every single year he's been at Michigan State. Granted, two years, but come on. So, I we'll have to. They'll be formidable. Yeah, if they beat Michigan this year, wouldn't surprise me. If they beat Ohio State, wouldn't surprise me. If they made made a run at the college football playoff, wouldn't surprise me. But would it also surprise me if they fell flat on their face and went seven and five, five and seven, six and six, eight and four, something like that, and got blown out by Penn State, Michigan State, and Ohio State, and and some other random team? Absolutely not. So there's a lot of unknowns, but. So, my gut is telling me something about it feels fake. The whole they're going to come back down to earth. I'm not saying this year. I'm just saying the whole Mel Tucker situation feels fake to me. And you can give him that big contract and you can see good things, but everything to me, it just feels not great. I wonder where he's ranked in the transfer window. Why we look that up. Let's go up north to one of the biggest party schools in the state of Pennsylvania. It's the Penn State Nittany Lions. Uh, Penn State, listen, Penn State fans, I feel you. I really do. They're they're just gonna let you down. They're gonna mess it up. Listen, you're gonna get the whiteout game at home against Ohio State. Sean Clifford is back for his ninth million thousandth year. Just kidding, it's his sixth. They're replacing Deshaun Jot Deshaun Deshaun Dotson. Thank you. Their O-line is trash. Their running game is trash because their own line is trash. And then, so, say you get past all of that. Say, say, say my goodness. Say Sean Clifford ha- stays healthy and his ankles are healthy. They get the offensive line fixed so he's not running for his life. Their running game averages more than two and a half yards per carry. So, you fix all of that. And then, and Penn State fans know exactly where I'm going. Franklin will still mess it up. <laughs> he will. It is an absolute. Listen, he has messed up every Ohio State game since he took over. 
The only Ohio State game he has managed to win was the uh, blocked uh, field goal for a touchdown where Urban Meyer messed up. And then he messed up last year against Michigan. If they if he ran a uh, a fake punt that was successful, then then they ran a fake field goal, and it wasn't successful. And if he would have kicked that field goal, he would have won the game in regulation. So he he finds ways to mess up games. So yeah, no, I, I'm not trusting Ben Franklin at all. And I know that that's his name, but his first name is escaping me. Is it John? It's not John Franklin. That's a James. James, thank you. It began with the J. We can call him Ben Franklin because he's in Pennsylvania, so I'm sure. It, it made sense. Uh, Michigan State is 16th with 10 transfer commits for 2022. Congratulations. So, where's Michigan? Where's Michigan on the transfer list? Probably not Michigan very high. Michigan on the transfer list. Oh, we're keeping on going. Oh, they're pretty far down, huh? Ooh, doesn't look too good. Okay, well that's fine. I mean, Michigan is 55th. Oh, wait, hold on. I might have found them. There they are. 76. Two commits transferred in. You don't need a... Let's just put this. Sam Houston's at 78, but Notre Dame's at 76. So Right. I, I, and that, and that's my point. Really, as long as the call... Ohio at 73. Bingo. There we go. So as long as you have a good culture there, yeah, people aren't joining, but that also tells me people aren't leaving the culture either to create holes for people to join. Yeah. from other schools um but yeah no penn state fans i really do i feel for you but james franklin Just will mess like it the up state of pennsylvania or the campus and state college it's all flash no substance basically and and i say penn state fans i've heard them he's a great recruiter he's a horrible game manager and i have penn state fans in the family and they've said that so i feel confident in saying i that. i understand that but i just still can't believe the boosters are still letting he's a great recruiter but terrible game manager get along like like you gotta have some balance like i understand he's uh, a great listen, recruiter they, they, but they come they on did, they, did they just gave him a nine-year deal listen joe paterno created football i'm pretty sure back <laughs> in 1776 when he signed the declaration of independence so they're used to Joe Paterno. Joe Paterno had like two national championships. They're happy to be ta talked about in the big, in the Big Ten. I, I think Bill, I think they, the converse are they are they happy they don't have Bill O'Brien right now? <laughs> I, I I think the conversation drastically turns though if they so right now they're not getting beat by they're getting beat by Ohio State every year. Right. Michigan it's a toss up depending on where they at. Michigan has the possibility right now to go on a little streak here because they have them at home this year. If they beat Penn State at home in 2023, I think people take a lot, long, hard look at Franklin and they a might buy Franklin. a lard look at Franklin because now you're not even beating half of the big two. Yeah. And I don't even count, I really don't count Michigan Listen. as the big two, but right now they're part of the big two. Listen, Penn State, uh, I feel like alums and Penn State boosters expect them to be fighting for the first spot, but probably going to get the second spot in the conference. Right, but if that's not even happening... That's what if I'm they're, saying. Right. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, okay. Well, I can't see your facial expressions again, so I apologize. But I'm sorry. If now they're fighting for the third, still can't see it. Hmm, lame. If I'm 
if now if they're fighting for the third but getting the fourth or second and getting the third, it's not that should not be good enough in Penn State land. So moving on, we're gonna finish with Michigan, I think. So we're gonna go to the state school. Officially announced that Ohio State somehow managed to trademark the. I thought they got turned down for that. I think they turned down the copyright. A trademark is different. Okay, anyway. So, the Ohio State University. Um, Micaiah. I mean, they they have a good... there's there's top five recruit left because he wasn't the five star recruit left because he wasn't the best quarterback in the room. Okay, five star recruit left. They just had a first round draft pick in wide receiver who two first round draft picks at wide receiver, and they have next year's first round draft pick at wide receiver still on, who I always thought was better than his other than his other people. But me and you disagreed about them. They just pump out absolute 2% body fat specimens and defensive linemen on the defense. Um, Their girls aren't hot, but, you know, so (laughs) who's stopping them, Micaiah? They're the Alabamas of the Big Ten Conference. Can can Alabama even stop them? Yeah, I, because because I, Alabama can match up with. So what Alabama can do, especially this year with Bryce Young and Will Anderson, is is match them toe for toe offensively, and then it's who do you trust to make a defensive stop? And obviously, you're going to choose Nick Saban, right? Yeah, that's just how that works. They changed defensive coordinators because their defense was trash last year so they went down to oklahoma state that had a top five defense with a whole bunch of seniors on it and got jim Knowles. stroud and henderson are back along with jackson smith and jigba which you all mentioned by the way all three of those players probably first round draft picks Mm -hmm. two out of the three probably top five Mm -hmm. new wide receiver uh they have they'll have two new wide receivers including one Marvin Harrison Jr., which if you remember, he was Peyton Manning's favorite target for a while, his dad. It's who's stopping them, but I don't think it's more of who's stopping them, who's going to be able to keep pace. And Michigan gave you the blueprint, okay? And I think Wisconsin's going to come close. It is a, a team on their schedule that's going to be able to come close, which is you have to control the game and make Ohio State play at your pace. You have to make Ohio State shoot themselves in the foot. You have to force Ohio State to be perfect. What Michigan did defensively is what you have to do, and I'm not saying it's easy, is what you have to do when you face them, which is every time they step on the field offensively, C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith, and Jigba Henderson. You have to make them eat themselves. 12, 13, 14, 10, 11 play drives down the field. You have to make them take the five-yard undercut. 
under route. You have to make them get four yards. You have to just make them creep downfield and then hope that they make a mistake or force them to kick field goals. That is the way that you're going to beat Ohio State. Here's the problem. Ohio State is going to be far more explosive than they were last year, and that is really tough to do, but they're going to do it. Their offense, I believe, is going to mimic LSU of 2019 and Alabama of 2020. They are going to be nearly unstoppable, but that is how you're going to beat them. So Michigan, I hope you're preparing. I hope you have the Beat Ohio State banners up. Wisconsin, you know what's coming. You just have to make them earn it. And I know it's easier said than done, but you're going to have to make them eat themselves. Chew clock on the other end, run the ball, play time efficiently, don't turn the ball over, score touchdowns, and then make them, when there's seven minutes left in the game and they're down 13 points, make them take five minutes off the clock like Michigan did last year to score a touchdown. That's it. Sorry, I'm looking. I was trying to figure out who. <laughs> oh my gosh! What are you trying to figure out? Who? Two former five-star recruits at quarterback. So we have a, a, a true. I think they're both redshirt freshmen. Um, a guy from Utah named. What is this guy's name again? Devin Brown. Mm-hmm. White guy, not brown guy. Yeah. Um, no pun intended. Yep. And then Kyle McCord. Yeah. I mean, they're they're loaded. They're the Al- they're the Alabama of the North. They're the, they are what their tagline states. Ryan Day took what Urban Meyer gave him and made it better. Yeah. Yeah. Which is and, surprising. So and this, so he played in five games. Kyle McCord. I just want to show you this. Five games mm-hmm. in twenty twenty one. Yep. Uh, of 38 attempts, he threw. He completed 25 of them for 416 yards. Yep. With two touchdowns and two interceptions. Yep. Yikes. Yeah. And you're also going to have to hope that you have a good pass rush. Which I'm sure they will. I'm because you're going to, most of the time, you're going to be rushing four and dropping seven into coverage and so you got to get be able to get home with four which is what michigan was able to do last year as well let's talk about the only the only threat to the empire that of the ohio state university and that is the big blue the one and only the champions of the west our favorite university of michigan absolutely tagline is very simple now what are you going to rest on your loyals and say, we did it once, so now we are going to be able to do this every year again, which is what the insiders are kind of believing. Jim Harbaugh going on vacation at a very weird time. Uh, them not having a great recruiting month of June. People are like, eh, eh, eh. Or are you going to step up and realize you are one season away one new year six win away one another winning columbus away college football playoff berths from becoming a perennial power 
Jim Harbaugh, I'm not going to lie, you messed it up a little bit. If you would have come out right after the loss to Georgia and said, I'm not going anywhere, I'm staying here, and you sign an extension with Michigan instead of going off and interviewing with the Vikings, you probably have a great recruiting month, okay? Now, I'm not saying that their recruiting class is dead in the water. They'll probably finish top 20, whatever. That's not important, but Jim Harbaugh did hurt that. Both their QBs are back. It's going to be a QB battle between Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy. Talent and upside-wise, this battle easily hands down goes to J.J. McCarthy. J.J. McCarthy has the arm talent and the athletic ability. He is Simeon, as Simeon put it, one of these new-age Patrick Mahomes develops uh, Seth Curry point guard changing the game type athletes. He can make a cross throw field on a dime for 60 yard touchdown okay quorum is back donovan edwards is back who came on late all of your wide receivers including ronnie brown ronnie bell thank you are back you have a new defensive and offensive coordinator but it's the exact same system harbaugh in the offensive coordinators he and defensive coordinators he chose he chose specifically to keep the system the same. It's the defensive coordinator from Vanderbilt, which, yeah, you can laugh now, but let's see what he's got before we roll our eyes. But he used to be the Ravens' secondary coach. Fine by me. And then the offensive coordinator was actually the co-offensive coordinator last year, and his name is Sharon Moore, and he's the offensive line coach. So you better believe it. We're going to be over 200 yards every game in running uh, the football. No Aiden Hutchinson, no Ajabo. There go 28 sacks right out, or 27 sacks, whatever it was, right out the door. Three new pieces of the O-line. However, I'm hearing that this O-line, because of the one tran- one of the transfers that they did bring in, the center from Virginia, who was an all-ACC type player, mm-hmm. is going to shore up that offensive no. line, and it could even be oh, better. Oh, offensive line. Yep, I'm sorry. I'm it could be even better than last year but it's going to be in my opinion this is not on the coaching staff this is on the leadership in the locker room this is on guys like ronnie bell blake corm Cade mcdamara jj mccarthy and some and some leaders on that defense especially at linebacker and in the secondary you're going to have to get these kids that were there and said, okay, we can, and, and, and the old Michigan school of thinking is, we're here, we arrived, everyone will give it to us. But no, it is, no, we are now hunted. We have to be to still be the hunters even though we are being hunted. And that is very tough to do. This team is much different than last year's team. Um, but honestly, Cade, I think, brings a little more leadership than JJ does, but it's going to be talent over leadership. I don't know where, where they go. I would be happy with any, uh, whatever decision Harbaugh seems to come up with. But if Michigan goes 9-3, and 8-4, and four, you, this is the new Michigan cycle. This is every two to three years, they're going to be great and they're going to challenge Ohio State, but then they're going to be in the mix, sort of, for most of the year. Their schedule's decently tough. They got to go to Columbus. They get Penn State and Michigan State at home. They get Nebraska at home, which will be nice. And their non-conference isn't overly tough. 
So it's now what? But if you have another great season, one loss, and if that loss is to Ohio State, but yet you find, but yet you win your New Year Six, or if you beat Ohio State and you make the college football playoff, guess what? You're part of the big boy club now, okay? But you got to start banging on that door now. You got to start training like it now, okay? I'm prepared for the worst, hoping for the best. Let me put it that way. Uh, dear, sorry. Some of these, I forgot how talented high school kids were. Dear Lord. I think, I think you broke it up good. I think what people don't realize is Harbaugh feels confident. He feels good. He doesn't feel necessarily comfortable. He feels confident with where his team is at in order to get going. Mind you, realize where he did. He took off two weeks at the July 4th holiday. No one's doing anything July 4th anyway. Okay? Mind you, he he doesn't have any... Training camp's just about to start. End of July, yeah. Mm -hmm. This is two... He takes two weeks off before he's full-time in the office. Um, there were, I forget who it was. They just, some team just finally convinced their head coach to stop sleeping in the office and go home after like 10 years or something like five years, three years of sleeping in the office, NFL head coach. I think Harbaugh's ready. And I think personally, Georgia left a bad taste in these seniors and redshirt juniors mouth. And they are hungry. And they understand that they have one goal. Win out till you get to Columbus and then smack them in the mouth. And don't stop till they stop breathing. That's what I'm seeing. Oh, and mind you, Ohio State's not going to be happy about it. So, assuming both of these teams win out, which it looks like it's high possibility, assuming Michigan does what they're supposed to do, just like you said, that game is going to be a must watch tv that could be a one-two game that could be a one-two game yeah and michigan needs to come out like that's gonna be a one-two game like it's 1998 and you guys are playing for the rose bowl no did i yeah, get my year no. wrong yeah no you got it you banged it you you nailed it nailed it on the head listen this is like last year was a program saving season under heart the Harbaugh yeah. regime I could say this year is a program statement season defining defining Defi thank you thank you absolutely this is a program defining season how is Michigan for the next 5 to 10 years through the UCLA's, through the USC's coming in, through the Oregon's, the Washington's, whoever else, the Big Ten Conference, through the realignments, through whatever, through Harbaugh leaving and Mike Hart or whoever is going to be the next guy up to take over, this season defines the next five to ten years for Michigan. And if they go nine and three, eight and four, very dis it's it's done. So you have to. This is a one or two loss season max. To me, two loss max. To me, your only loss should be to Ohio State. It should be. Absolutely. I believe that they are better than every team on their schedule than Ohio State. And 100%. now it and, and now it's have, a game of inches. Who are he, they playing? 
Don't even get me started with that. Honestly, those refs can go fuck themselves. <laughs> JT Your was short. Your is standing on the... And he hits the back of him. He doesn't fall forward. He goes backwards. And you call that forward progress? Are you an idiot? They were. They were an idiot. Your O-line is on the first... And you run it. This is... You know how Makai won't let go of J.J. McCarthy's football against Michigan State? Yeah. I will never let go of that. Yeah. Stupid fourth and one call. Yeah. Yeah, I, never... I'm glad. I'm glad you won't let it go. That me. That's how I know you're a true believer. <sighs> well, Makai, I don't feel too good about this episode. I mean, I felt great about the episode. I mean, yeah. from a technological perspective. Sure, I'm yeah. Sure. Content, it was A+. So, we're going to hope for the best. I think we're going to wrap it up, because I don't need to see anything else. No. Uh, of course... Let's... Wrap our, it up. Our, uh, our soundboard just randomly stopped working, too, so you don't even get the transition out. Excellent. Your side is going to be getting an angry email from me, and we will go from there. So, as always, guys, follow us, Instagram, 4th and 1 Podcast. That's where you're going to be seeing a lot of content from us. Obviously, here on YouTube, we're hoping to do some live streams this year for the games and watching some stuff. Here, this is where you're going to want to lock in for all your college football content. For If you're a big fan, lock in here. But as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, Micaiah. Wash your hands, you filthy animals. God bless. Peace out. 38 days!